Over 20,000 lives changed, over 20 years of experience. Now it's the year 2020. Coincidence? I think not. Announcing the year of 2020. 2020 vision, that is. 2020 vision at the Eye Center, to be exact. You see, achieving your vision of 2020 has turned into our goal, and we want to make it easier and more affordable than ever. That's why we are giving you 20% off your 2020 with Eye LASIK with Eye Design, plus a free consultation and no interest financing. A higher number of people are seeing 2020 or better, thanks to one of Northern Virginia's most experienced LASIK surgeons, Dr. Boutros, and often with better night vision and sharpness than with glasses and contacts. Call the Eye Center today at 888-844-2020 to get your 20% off eye LASIK or visit theeyecenter.com to schedule your consult online. But hurry, this offer is for a limited time only. Financing on approved credit, see website for details. Some restrictions apply. My next guest is a first-timer. The first-timer for Money Making Conversation. Uh, we, we, we communicate on my LinkedIn account, so I kind of know a little thing about her. Little thing about it. You know. My next guest is a business leader, media executive, and multicultural marketing expert with over 25 years. I got 30 years, so I got to beat. She got 25 years, I got 30 years of experience building value for Fortune 500 companies and startups. She is president and COO of Joy Collective, where she leads marketing strategy and operations for a diverse portfolio of clients. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, Orlena and Walco Blanchard. Hello. Good morning. Did, did I get it Where right, Miss Nigeria? Miss Nigerian you Queen. You did get it right. David, you did get it right. Woka. Yeah. You Woka. did get it right. Thank there we go. you. Got to get that right because you know I can't just tell you, Alina Blanchard. Then they tell us we got a little fight on our hands. No, no, no. We gotta have we gotta have the Nigerian, you know, loud <laughs> and proud in there. So otherwise, my my people would be on me. So yes, absolutely. Thank well, you for that. Well, tell us about the background because it is a, it's a it is a source of pride and. Uh, and, and being able to keep that as part of your your introduction. So talk about the how's that relationship to where you're in your life now and how it all, as far as your parents, you got over to America, or you were born in America. How did it work? No, thank you for that. So, um, yes, as far as my history and where Nigerian plays an important role, I'm Nigerian first and foremost. So I was born to a British mother and Nigerian father. I grew up my childhood in England and Nigeria, but really my, my elementary school, primary school years, in Nigeria, and then I moved to the United States in middle school, so as an adolescent. And, um, you know, it's an interesting transition as an African immigrant, a mixed African immigrant right. in, um, in America in the 1980s. So what's always been such an important part of my identity, though, a dominant part of my identity is being Nigerian. And you see that just, I mean, Rashawn, you're in, you, you know, you're in the entertainment industry. So now you see more Nigerian Americans like Yvonne Oji and, and Cynthia Rebo and other people celebrating, you know, our culture. And so it's just really important. We're very proud people. So even though British is part of my history and I've lived in the United States for more than 30 years, I consider myself and identify with being Nigerian first and foremost. So I um, absolutely have to have that in my name. And then the other part is I lost my father Mm -hmm. um, many years ago. And so part of honoring his legacy and part of just being my father's daughter, which is so much of who I am, is making sure that I represent him and represent where I come from. So that's why my maiden name is uh, I actually had legally changed to my middle name uh, when I became an American citizen just a year ago. Mm-hmm. And so that's an important part of who I am, and it very much informs everything I do and, and my point of view on the world. So um, you say, how, how many years you've been over here? 
I came to the United States. See, now, Rashawn, you're going to age me. No, I'm not going to. No, no, I, I don't want to age you. Because no, that I accent. I came to the United States in 1984. But your accent is so clean. And it sounds very British. It sounds very British because I learned to speak English <laughs> in England. I learned to speak in England. So the first seven or eight years of my life. Okay. Oh, 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 Lena. I'm not going to buy that. I'm not, I, I see too many British <laughs> actors come over here speaking English like they born over here. I, 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 it's just amazing. So. <laughs> because we can imitate it. We okay. Oh. Imitate. Trust me, I faced the funk <laughs> for many, many years. Because as a teenager, you want to fit in. But in Nigeria and in my house, my father was appalled. Right. That I would use any other accent <laughs> other than British or Nigerian or at least a refined Nigerian accent. Mm-hmm. And so I couldn't at home. So I had to maintain, as much as I faked it, my sister girl accent outside of the house, <laughs> I had to maintain it inside because it wasn't um, sort of acceptable. So I've always had this because this is how I've spoken at home. And one day, um, my brother, my older brother just said to me, he said, okay, we have to stop pretending. Um, that we are American one day and we're something else the next day. Just be who you are. Right. It was really, right. we, we struggled. I right. did with, mm-hmm. with somewhat of an identity crisis as a mixed African in America. Mm-hmm. And that, so mm-hmm. finally at some point I said, you know, this was, is what it is. And some days people say, you sound like you're straight out of D.C. or something. And the next minute you sound like you're out of Nigeria because I can speak pidgin English or... You sound like you're right off the boat from England, and that's just who I am. Well, you England the today. Of the you're world. English. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, speaking I'm to British today. royalty so we, today. By the time we're done, I might be sister girl today, but either no, way. no, no. Yes, no so because, I am, see, I'm very British. I'm, I'm just telling you something. <laughs> Even when you say sister girl, you need to stop. <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds so British. Sister girl, sister girl. No, no, that's stop. stop. I'm working on it. He's not even working on it. You failing. I get an F. You get an F on sisterhood, sister girlhood. I can't help it, but Rashawn, <laughs> next conversation we'll have, we'll do it in a Nigerian accent, and then that will be that oh will be different. Oh, that'd be totally different. Well, well, thank you for coming on my show, <laughs> Money Making Conversations. I, sure. I followed your career, I followed your brand, and uh, Joy Collective is, is something that's that's a uh, is, is based in the uh, uh, Maryland District of Columbia, DC area, correct? It is. Okay, tell it us. Is. So tell us what exactly and how did the name come about? Because you're the president and COO of Joy Collective. First of all, tell us how the name came about and what exactly does Joy Collective do? Yes, well, I'm super excited to talk about Joy. First of all, I would be remiss if I didn't say the founding of Joy actually was by my business partner and co owner, Kelly Joy. Richardson Lawson, we have similar stories in that she lost her father, Mm -hmm. and it was such a transformative moment in her life that she decided she wanted to create a company that was really committed to celebrating joy and creating joy for for herself and just having more joy in her life, especially in her business um, work. And so I joined her. She's been a good friend for many, many years. And I joined her a few months after she created Joy. And just to give everybody a, a, um, an understanding of who we are and what we do, Joy is a cultural intelligence marketing and creative agency. Um, and, yes, we're headquartered in D.C. And what does that mean? Well, um, first of all, marketing and advertising, that is what we do. And we yes. do soup to nuts. We do anything from helping companies build marketing strategies to executing those. Um, We do video production, we do events, all of that. But we do that from the lens of cultural intelligence in a world that looks very different now than it did 5, 10, 20 years ago. And we see companies making so many mistakes these days. Like 
Rashawn, you know, we all looked sideways when Gucci was, you know, doing um, blackface sweaters and Prada was doing all kinds of craziness. And we see all these ads by H&M. And so a lot of times companies will call us after they've made mistakes, but a lot of companies are calling us now right. beforehand to say, help us understand a new consumer marketplace, which we call polycultural, which is you've got so many generations and you've got so many consumers of color. We help companies really understand the lifestyle, the values, the behavior of consumers. And then we help them craft business strategies that help speak to people like us, right? People in our community. Right. Um, so they get it because you know what? Most companies realize that the world has changed and they have to do something different, but they don't know how because they haven't had to for so many years. They've spoken to a majority white audience. So that's, um, that's what So you're like does. a gatekeeper at times, right? In uh, that space. You're like a gatekeeper at times. You, uh, for is uh, making sure the branding's correctly effective, so it doesn't uh, fall in line with because what you don't know can can come back and bite you. That's a hundred percent correct. That's a hundred percent correct. And the other thing that's really really important is that we are black owned, we are women owned, and when you look at our staff, you look at all of the people who are part of the Joy Team. We are so diverse. Mm-hmm. We're diverse in age. We're diverse in nationality. We're diverse in in ethnicity. And so we really believe in building a team that represents the world that we live in so that when we speak to and help companies realize how to do things differently, we're speaking from a position of professional expertise, but we're speaking from a position of personal experience as well. Well, experience is everything. You know, it drives how people, well, how much you can get paid, how much, how much you know, success. You look at your resume, your bio. Now, you have a background in the relationship with TV1 and the digital side of it, correct? I do. I do. I actually used to lead digital media for TV One. I was um, with TV One for seven years. I did. Um, I, I led the digital media department the last few years that I was there. So I did a lot of work early on with TV One, just trying to uh, get a new cable network right. out in the marketplace. Um, and so I did that, uh, yeah, for seven years. And, you know, my background, so people may think of now, if you see me, uh, my title as a, as a marketing executive, most people would not know that I'm a former engineer. So I actually started my career 25 years ago as a computer programmer and a consultant um, in, in uh, systems integration. Some folks may remember the big Arthur Anderson company, um, and I used to work there. And, and so the di- the world of digital that we live in now makes so much sense for me because um, my technical training and background as an engineer was a perfect mix with my um, MBA in marketing, and now it shows up in that all of the work that we do right. essentially um, sits, you know, on this in this digital world. So makes a lot of sense for me. Now, now – I I had many guests on the show. One of the recent guests I had on the show was with AARP. That was one of the platforms that you guys work with as far as marketing. When a a brand like that comes to you, what are some of the steps or the pitch or the platforms or research that you have to put together so it can move forward in a positive direction? The brand is AARP. And I also was so excited about it that I ran it on my own social media platform as well. Oh, I love it. Well, no, I'm so glad you asked because in terms of like the type of work we do, how do we even kick that off? So AERP came to us with another organization called Ad Council. And for those who don't know, Ad Council is one of those organizations that does a lot of work, a lot of PSAs. They stand for things that really have positive impact in the community. So they came to us and they said, look, 
black women don't invest in retirement the way other people do. And you and I know, Rashawn, like in our community, you remember when Chris Rock said there's rich and then there's wealthy? (laughs) We haven't had the opportunity to amass wealth in our community just given our history. So what the AARP did, they came and they said they want to help create room for more black women to invest in retirement, to invest in their future and their legacy that they leave for their families. And so they asked us to help them understand what's important to black women. What is it that's preventing black women from investing in retirement when they have, they have jobs, they have income, they have 401k plans. And so that was part of the understanding. The first thing that we do is we sit with them, we look at research, A lot of companies invest in data. We hear all this stuff about research, like you know what people do and how they behave, but you don't know why. Right. And so we help them understand, like, the history of why black women take care of everybody else but don't necessarily take care of themselves and why we feel it's selfish. Well, you know, it's really interesting. We invest in ourselves. It's really interesting because any advertiser, they always talk about the female controls the purse of the household. The buying power is by the female. You know, when yep. advertisers want to know, okay, are women watching the show? Are women listening to the show? Are women yep. aware of the brand? Even professional football. Why do you think they have female sideline reporters now? Because they're trying to get women to watch football. Even though everybody's watching it, they, they want more women. Because the, and so and so when you when you say something like women, but in the, knowing they have all this power, listening power, buying power, yep. viewing power, mm-hmm. participation power, when it comes to retirement, the women don't take care of themselves because, like you said, they're spending money on everybody else, taking care of everybody else, branding everybody else, but not branding themselves through retirement. That's pretty amazing. That's a hundred percent. So we were able to help create a campaign that encourages black women to invest in themselves, and it's not selfish. And, and, and that's part of what we were able to do. I'm so proud of that campaign. I'm so proud of the things that we do mm-hmm. um, that really are changing things for our community. It's not just teaching these companies how to speak to us and right. how to reach us, right. but it's really about how we're changing ourselves and our people for the better and for the long term. And that's a lot of what we do. AARP bring up a great example, but the work we're doing with Dove well, no, 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 no. That's my next break. Not. That's my next break. Now, see, see, you do talk a lot. Did you say that early on? People say I talk. I'm about to take over my interview. Hi, this is Rashad McDonald. I'm having a great interview with a guest that's on the show for the first time. She's the president and COO of Joy Collected. That's uh, Alina and Wolcott Blanchard. Alina, uh, uh, now, at the early start of our interview, you, 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 know, you, you were British. You know, the British <laughs> royalty was screaming. And as I've talk to you it seems to be drifting away you know are you relaxing around me uh what's going on why, why am i losing my british royalty in my interview? maybe i'm getting maybe i'm getting so much more comfortable i'm getting into <laughs> you know we're, we're having conversations about about uplifting black people then i get excited all right okay, and then my, uh, my american experience comes out okay good we well i'm good with that we, we before we went to the, before i want to come up with a couple of things that i wanted to bring up about the uh, initiative that your agency was tied to was dull and i want to also talk about the crown coalition but let's first talk about dove what was uh what was important about that campaign for your agency and how did it come about and you're talking about dove and 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 everything that we're doing with respect to um dove uh, hair discrimination mm, yes let's, let's talk about dove okay. mm-hmm. 
Okay. So, so I love that you bring that up because it's, it's one of the most important, I think, pieces of work that I've ever done right. in my career. And so uh, about two years ago, uh, a young lady named A.C. Eggleston Bracey, who is uh, a legend in the beauty industry, she is the woman who um, made Queen Latifah a cover girl. Uh, back in the day, she actually moved over to run um, the Dove brand. And most people think about Dove as soap and lotion, but she moved over to run. This is a black woman running a $5 billion portfolio of beauty and personal care products at Unilever. And um, when she got in there, she wanted to continue her legacy of beauty inclusion. Mm-hmm. And she was looking for um, an agency that really understood African-American community, but also really understood black women. And so she gave Joy Collective an opportunity to bid on the work, and we won that work. And since then, we have created, in partnership with Dove, this initiative to eradicate hair discrimination Mm -hmm. across this country. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's our work with Dove. I mean, we've been, you know, head down trying to make sure that black people are not sent home from school or, you know, deny the job opportunity because they wear hairstyles that are traditional to our race. Which is really, really in the news a lot lately. You know, we've had a young man who was wrestling in a wrestling match, and he had to cut his dreads, or they cut his dreads, or they would call, disqualify him. We've had kids at home because of the hairstyles, and it was not deemed appropriate. So how did, when you start a campaign like that, because... It, it, I, you could almost use the word niche because of the fact that you're communicating with people who don't get it. This is our cause, like because everybody doesn't. Everybody within the African American community have different hairstyles. You're like I don't have any hair. I'm bald head. Then you have the natural hairstyle. Mm-hmm. Then you have the then you have the processed or the permed hairstyle. So curls and so so then you the natural can lend itself to the to the extensions and all this stuff. So how did so that that whole that's a that's a very complicated world that you're trying to navigate through. How did you narrow it down in your campaign? No, it's a really good question. And, and, you know, you mentioned Andrew Andrew Johnson in New Jersey. But, look, just even last week, there's, you know, DeAndre Arnold in Texas who's been told because he wears dreadlocks, which are part of his, you know, tradition in his family because his his dad is from Trinidad, that he's not going to be able to walk with his class at graduation like we're living this every day. And when you say, how did you narrow it down? It's a great question because we had people ask us, you know, well, if I want to spray paint my hair blue, how come that doesn't count? Right? Well, our hair, the history in our hair is a people. Mm-hmm. And so what we had to consider, and we had to include, um, you know, legal experts. There's a wonderful firm, um, you know, that's based on, uh, well, it's actually a global firm, but we had legal experts that are based here out of Washington, D.C., who could inform us how do we look at this from a legal perspective. And what we could see is that there are certain hairstyles that traditionally are associated with race. It has everything to do with the type of the texture of our hair and how we manage the texture of our hair. So things like braids and locks, um, those are things that are very much associated with black, not just culture, but black race and black hair texture. And so that really was so important for us to identify what are those things that are characteristic of race that have been used against us historically, and how do we begin to identify those things legally 
um, as being part of race. So, you know, there are there are anti-discrimination laws all over the country. They're at federal levels. They're at, you know, state levels. But what's really, really important is when you look at a definition of race and you say you can't discriminate against somebody because they're black. Well, right. you may discriminate against somebody because there are certain characteristics right. of them mm-hmm. that represent their blackness. So it was up to us to make sure that we had the right language and we could help inform our lawmakers um, and legislators that it was really important to reconsider how they define race right. so that hair discrimination would be protected. Against, yeah. Well, that's a lot. That's a lot. That's where marketing and the, the whole strategy part of marketing comes in with an agency like Joy Collective. I'm speaking to Arlena and Walker Blanchard. She is the president and COO of Joy Collective. Let's go on to a, a, another a, a portion that really excited me because I, I, I happened to be driving in to work this morning, and I read about uh, Tamla Mann had lost 50 pounds. And, it, and, yeah. the, and the person on the air just said, the reason she lost 50 pounds is because she's was a part of the Weight Watchers program. And then when I started putting your deck together and reading everything, wall, law, and collective, joy, help, Weight Watchers, African-American strategy, including negotiating Tamla Mann as an ambassador. So walk us through that whole relationship because Tamla Mann, I love her to death. She did the Neighborhood Awards many times for me as a favor, her and her, her a wonderful husband, David Mann. So tell us how that relationship came about, that now that Tamla Mann has lost 50 pounds. Well, isn't she phenomenal? First of all, I agree with you. I am a super fan of her as a human being. She and her family are phenomenal. And how we became acquainted was, um, and you'd be surprised because, yes, Joy Collective pops up in all kinds of places that people don't know <laughs> where we're working. Um, WW, which is Weight Watchers Reimagined, which is currently on tour with Oprah. So Tamala Mann is all around the country right now, which is fantastic. But um, WW actually approached us it was more than a year ago, mm. and they asked us, given our expertise in, again, African-American marketing, which is our sweet spot. It's not all we do, but it's our sweet spot. They said, you really know black women, and WW is, you know, really expanding. We really are a company to encourage wellness for all people. And, you know, in our community, we need all we can get to get past all of the challenges and the health disparities that we have as black women. So they hired us. Right. To help them understand how to reach black women. And one of the um, part of our strategy was to use somebody that we thought was really relatable. Right. Just honest and that you trust. And she's so sincere about her commitment to doing well for herself and her family and her community. But Tamala Mann was actually somebody that we negotiated to. We helped WW negotiate how there's a brand new ambassador. It's a, the first person that they've had really as a gospel artist and um, somebody like Tamala. And Tamala is, just, I mean, she is the ultimate role model for this journey. And there are so many women and men that have followed her and watched. And I think WW and Oprah, as you can see, I don't know if you guys have seen or you're following her on social media, or if you're following Joy Collective on social media, you'll see how we celebrate Tamala's uh, loss, weight loss. But part of it, too, is just her getting healthy and encouraging other black women and men in our community to get healthy. And so we were part of that entire campaign. So um, I was super proud to be in Fort Lauderdale to launch the Oprah tour and be with Tamara and David. And Tamara being able to share with 15,000 people in a stadium, you know, what her journey has been. She's super and just a great example of how we can do well. 
and take care of each other in our community. Well, you're really amazing that, uh, first of all, Tamla Man, incredible um, gospel singer. Uh, one of the great hits is Take Me to the King. Uh, it's one of her great, probably her, her number one song in her music library is Take Me to the King that she did several years ago. But she has mm-hmm. other hits. Um, she's, a, she's a comedian. She's a wife. She's a mom. She was on tour. She's an actress, right? An actress She's on is tour all with those Tyler things. Right now. All those things, and so, so you're getting a person that's not afraid of a big crowd. You're getting a person who's not afraid to have testimonial. But we all know that when you live a life and you start sharing part of that, and the weight loss is a very personal journey. That's a very powerful message too, because a lot of people, you know, especially at the beginning of the year, everybody has that resolution: I'm gonna lose weight. I want to look good. I want to. I want to fit in my clothes <laughs> for the. I got a bikini. I want to fit in for the, for for the summer. You know. And things like that, but then that commitment. And so, so when I see, listen to your tone. There's such passion and there's such detail in what you're trying to do at Joy Collective. So you said follow you on social media. You want to give out some social media handles for us? Yes. Yeah, so here's the thing: you can you can definitely follow me, and I actually this is where you see Walker in my name. So on <laughs> Instagram, which is where I'm most active in public, is at Orlena Walker O R L E N A N W O K A H. But I would love for people to follow Joy because there's so much people don't know that we do. And Joy is at We Are Joy Collective on Instagram. That's the best place to see us and follow us and understand there are things we're touching in the community. You don't even know that we're behind. And, the, and what's so important for your audience to know, Rashawn, and I think for me, just Kelly and I are so committed to inspiring black women to partner with each other, to be entrepreneurs, to do good for our community. Um, We have a lot of fun together. We have a lot of mutual respect for each other, and I think that's where we make magic, and that's where we have a team that's committed. And so I encourage so many, um, especially black female uh, entrepreneurs, Mm -hmm. take that step, do it. And if you follow us, hopefully we're a little bit of inspiration for you to step out. Because entrepreneurship is scary. You know, it's... it's, um, it's exhausting, but wow, when you do something you really believe in and you get to choose the people that you do it with and they're all committed to the same goal and you see stuff changing, um, you see impact, it's really something to behold. And then I feel like I'm really living God's purpose for my life. And so um, please follow Joy. We are, it's at We Are Joy Collective on Instagram. Great way to find out what we're up to. And so many of the things that you've asked me about, Rashawn, I appreciate it. AARP, our Shiro's campaign, the work on hair discrimination, the work, you know, Tamla Mann with WW. Black women are behind, black business women are behind so much of this work that's being done, and people don't know. So that's what I really appreciate about this conversation is that people get to learn there are some really impressive and talented and powerful black women making big changes for us and for our community. Awesome. I um, just want to, one last request. Please send me something yes. I can post about the uh, Tamala Man campaign because uh, she's a wonderful person. Again, uh, the She Heroes campaign, We I, I supported it. I have six sisters. I supported it on my, my, my personal as well as my money-making conversation platform. Again, Kelly, long-term friend, way back to the BET days. So, I'll yeah. always support any of our brands, but more importantly, getting to know you and your British journey and your Nigerian journey. <laughs> My Nigerian and journey. journey and your, and your, Thank and, you and so just much. being you, Orlena and Walker. 
Blanche. I can't help this be me, but Rashawn, you make it easy. Thank you for everything that you do. I love money-making conversations. I've actually really enjoyed listening um, to so many of your podcasts. You have fantastic interviews, and you really are inspiring us. So thank you for being you. I appreciate you. Well. But get that get that uh, yeah. Tamla man to me. We talk soon. I appreciate oh, you. Oh, I will do. I'll make it happen. Okay, Bye-bye. take thank care. You. Announcing the year of 2020. 2020 vision, that is. 2020 vision at the eye center to be exact. That's why we are giving you 20% off your 2020 with eye LASIK with eye design, plus a free consultation and no interest financing. Call the eye center today at 888-844-2020 to get your 20% off eye LASIK or visit theeyecenter.com to schedule your consult online. Financing on approved credit. See website for details. Some restrictions apply.